0: Hey yo and here we go another episode of we talk music is on the air and in your ear once again i'm martin and i got with me the king of the casters mr brett podcast
1: brett you know that's a good introduction for you we need an even better introduction for our tremendous guests all right well i will do my best i mean we have a fellow he's he's a canadian who managed to escape but uh, this gentleman sings and plays guitar for trixie and miss crazy and for himself and amsterdam and now we have him Joining the freak show, and he is Ronnie Borchert. Ronnie, how are you? Hey, man. How you guys doing? We're great. Uh, you know, we're happy to talk to you. Happy to talk about this great new album. So shall it be? Uh, really digging this album.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm proud of it. I have to say, it's pretty crazy.
1: <laughs> so then, you know, first off, um, tell me how this album came together.
2: Um. Well. I have, you know, it's, it's kind of like, this is where I'm at in my career. You know, I've done so many albums, so many bands and, uh, you know, I, um, I, I, well, let's go back to, you know, Trixie and and Amsterdam and all that. So, you know, it even, it started there. Uh, when I was on tour in 2001, let's go way that, let's go that far back, um, with Rat. It was during the nine 11 crisis. There was no planes in the sky. It was like really odd. Everybody was, you know, not touring. It was, it was really, it was a tough time, but you know, I was hanging out with Warren D Martini, you know, every night. And, and John Carabi was in the band at the time. And, uh, you know, I, I you know, Bobby Blotzer and I have been friends for a long time. So, you know, I started making a lot of, uh, you know great connections in LA moving there from the bay area where i was pretty much raised with my family you know from canada and um you know i had a different thing going cuz yeah, i wasn't from LA so when i got there um you know it was kind of scary you know but you know i had good people like bobby blotzer in my corner and i stayed i lived with him for a while before i got on my feet and you know i got to know all the guys in rat And uh, so, you know, I went through everything, learned how to engineer, do all that. And then, you know, got in Miss Crazy and, you know, did a whole new thing. And then I had to like prove myself all over again because I changed my name to Marcus, if you guys didn't know that. (laughs) And uh, it was Marcus Allen Christopher, which Marcus is my brother and my other brother is Christopher and my middle name's Allen. So I just went with Marcus Allen Christopher. And then I put on makeup, you know, did the Miss Crazy thing, you know, and then that led into the first freak show. I know that was a long introduction, but, <laughs> you know, that's how, you know, you, you you start to know people. You get a name for the things you do. That's how I got to know Jeff Labar, you know, from Cinderella. You know, Tom Kiefer wasn't, been, wasn't able to sing at the time, so I got him, recruited him, and got, you know, Frankie Benelli. Frankie Benelli and I both knew Tony Franklin, you know, who played with the firm and blue murder. He did some ghost bass playing for quiet riot, you know? So he was like, let's get Tony. I'm like, yeah, let's get Tony. Cause he was, he was a part of the miss crazy camp a year before he was endorsing our bass player. He gave our bass player a bunch of bases and the the, rig and the whole deal. So I already had that connection with Tony So the first freak show came out, right? But again, that was 2009 recession, Obama, you know, shooting us all in the foot. So we had, it was kind of tough to just go out and do the things you didn't want. So that didn't happen, right? So here we are, um, you know, after I did like eight more Miss Crazy albums after that. we're, I'm doing this album because of the relationships, you know, that I made along the way, knowing stat for over 20 years. Uh, we cut a song a long time ago for Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, you know, uh, Greg I, is, is the one I, I just kind of met uh, a- along the way. Um, Carlos, we met a long time ago, uh, but we were just, you know, all these years, you know, and then he was in Rat knew Bobby, you know, he knew what I went through with Frankie Benelli in the first freak show and anybody that went through anything with Frankie Benelli, that's a whole nother interview. If you guys want to do it one day, Yep. I um, do. but, uh, or you can bring it up today if you want. I mean, it's, it's up to you, but, um, cause I got to set the record straight. And a lot of the, that, that situation was a, was a very tense thing because it was one side and, one side and everyone attacking each other but this thing you know um happened because jeff passed and we were going to do a new freak show album we decided we were going to you know our phone conversations we were like you know why don't we just do this you know frankie's gone and you know we don't let's just move on and 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 do a brand new freak show so we we talked about getting stet and i asked stet if he wanted to do it and he was in and then you know we were building this thing and i started writing riffs and stuff but then jeff passed and then it just sucked you know because dude you know jeff became my my buddy you know and he wasn't just you know, Jeff from Cinderella and oh, I'm playing with Jeff. It was, we were like buddies outside of music. You know, we loved, we loved football. You know, his team was the Eagles, you know, and shit, he didn't even get to see how great they became, but he was, he was almost there, but you know, um, yeah. You know, so it was a hard time and we were trying to figure out, you know, I don't even think we didn't talk for months after I you know, told everybody what happened. and But then we decided to get together and do this album and maybe dedicate it to him or something. And, you know, I got in touch with Carlos and said, Hey, you know, we are doing this, you know, we want to come in and play the guitar and we'll dedicate it to you. He was like in, because he liked, he liked Jeff a lot. And, uh, and then it just turned into a great album, you know, where, Instead of just a bunch of dudes jamming, because we didn't, we've never played together before, right? All of us like together, you know, where oh, I know him from there, or we're just, it's just you know previous bands people know each other, right? And, and what they can do, but man, magic just started happening in this album. It we just so you guys know, we we we've been doing this album for a year. Well, wow. you know, putting it together and and just you know me sitting here you know night after night with my guitar and coming up with just complete crap you know what I mean <laughs> I had dude I was talking back and forth with the label and they're like so how's it coming I'm all oh, dude it's great I got like you know I got a bunch of tunes I like had nothing <laughs> <laughs> it was funny it all came to me like in the last week right before I had to Put all the riffs together to click track to st- send step so he could start coming up with ideas and stuff and uh and it was it's just funny how sometimes when you're under pressure to get something done it it just it all came so that's how the album was pretty much made that way
1: how fast then, did it well how fast did it come together afterwards like once you were able to get Stet and set playing and then everybody else playing,
2: Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you asked. That's a great question because that's a part of this, this whole thing. Like say the year started when I went to former drummer, Miss Crazy, uh, Tom Frost's house. He's got a studio in his pad. And I said, dude, I'm doing this new project and I need you to do, you know, come up with tempos with me and I'm going to do my rhythm tracks. And Step wants, you know, this, the, the the click track really loud on one side, and then he wants the rhythm guitar cranked on the other side, right? That's how Step likes to record or listen to tunes when he records. So, you know, it was kind of tough because, you know, here I am doing this new thing and I have to ask my, my drum, you know, drummer to help me do this gig. And uh, so he's helping me with the tempos, we're getting the right things, and then I sent all of those rhythm tracks to Stet, and then he got them, and he just like listened so he could, you know, start coming up with like what he was going to play. And I didn't suggest anything. I said, I knew already because Stet is the kind of guy who all the things that you pr- pretty much hear from badass drummers in the last twenty years or shit that Stet already does or and helped invent that shit. Right. You know what I mean? So I didn't say one thing to him weeks go by. And I'm like, you know, I kind of threw him a text and I'm like, Hey, so how's it going with those tunes? You know, and he's all, Oh, I'm going to get to them. You know, I'm doing this. I'm also tracking a metal church album. So I'm like, you know, so we had a phone conversation. We were talking I said, dude, just do that. And then, you know, and then he was just like, you know, yeah, now I got my chops all killer. I did this because, me- you know, Metal Church and then Freak Show are two different things, right? Not that Freak Show doesn't have its heavy moments on the album, it does, it really does. Um, so it was that was that benefited our album. He comes in fresh off of, you know, just doing this freaking Stett Howland Metal Church record. And then he just nails our stuff. But see, here we go. Step will lay down all the parts in his tracks, and then he'll come back and he'll listen to everything. And then I don't even know what those were because he scrapped them. And then I think he did that about three times. So the the third take or the third, you know, know after you're done getting them, listen down to all the tracks. Nope, got to do it again. So that was a few months, right? Months went by. And then uh, I finally got those done. And then he got those done. And then it took a little while for him to send them to me. But he didn't send them to me directly. He sent them to our engineer, our producer, Andrew. And then he sent me like little stems that he made. So I could kind of just mess with them in my room with headphones, before I went to the studio to cut them. Is this a boring long ass process? No, 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 absolutely I don't know. not. This it's is this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, so okay, yeah. So I get I get to to the studio in San Jose with Andrew, and he's he's he. See, thing I love about Andrew, Andrew. Knows me so well because we did the last Miss Crazy album before the band ended, right? Right before I did this. And Andrew brings in the studio the drums mixed. Like, almost like the album. It was so bitching. You know what I mean? So I get to track fresh guitars to this friggin, you know, killer drums and everything. It wasn't just stems or stuff like you normally do, right? So that was a big, big plus. So I got, sitting on the thing here, uh, on the cabinet, I got uh, a, a, Mesa Bo- a Mesa Boogie Mark II dual uh, rectifier on one side. And then I got the brand new Eddie Van Halen 50 watt. You know, and it's just fire too, right? So, and then I pull out my, uh, not this one, but... My white, I have a white and and a Ooh, black cool. one, and uh, I I played that one basically for the for the whole album, all my my all my rhythm tracks. So I laid those down, and it was just fat. We got like a killer mix, and just so it didn't suck, I just grabbed a bass and I just did a bunch of bass tracks because I knew the songs right. But the crack up part, of that, <laughs> the best part about it is all the bass stuff that I did, which I thought it was pretty good. Cause I'm like, Hey, I can play bass, right? Greg didn't do one thing the same. <laughs> it's hilarious. So I had this version, you know, of me instead in these rhythms that I took home with me, with me playing bass and I was just cranking them and trying to think of vocals and stuff. And, um, Greg gets it and he goes okay cool so what's this the uh, what's this thing you sent me in my email and I go oh that's just like a mix I did with me playing bass and he's and he didn't even like answer me <laughs> and I'm all, it's just me doing bullshit bass you know don't even worry about it and then uh yeah and then he got the raw tracks in the studio muted my bass track and just dude some of the best bass playing like I can't even believe that that's on, you know. And I kind of said that about the last freak show album with Tony Franklin. I'm like, shit, this freak this freak show album's a Tony Franklin solo album. But this album, he played with stat so perfectly in in the rhythms that I did, it just lit up the whole thing. It was like, oh man, I'm like, this thing's gonna be fire, man. I don't even know what Carlos is gonna do, but this right here as us as a three piece is killing it right i don't even have any vocals or anything but i was listening to what what we finally got and then so that's like that's like six months in wow because again you know greg wanted to take his time he kind of did did went in the studio in chunks and did like four three four at a time right and he was just you know talking to me through all the way it was it was pretty cool i was excited about what he was talking about and then and then we got all those tracks together and i went and did my vocals and then i sent them to carlos and that's when out that's when the whole thing just came together like and he was sending us songs one at a time you know cuz he has a, he has a home studio so he could take his time right there was no pressure and i'll tell you right now he took 6 months almost 6 months because he was just like you know i'm not just going to run through this you know he wanted to learn the songs exactly he wanted to think of textures He wanted to make sure those solos were the solos, you know, and he would send them to me too. And go, what do you think of this? Like, you know, and I could say whatever I want, like, so he'd change stuff and do things. And then he gave us even more than we needed for the album. So we had to be producer, you know, in the studio and go, ah, man. And I was like, oh my God, that's so insane. How are we going to not put that in, in the song? Right. That happened a few times. So. Like one day I could go back and just yank something and then throw that other one in, but either way, he he gave us the most insane stuff, and I was just like, "Wow!" And I knew what it was because when you know, let's go back to when I talked to him about doing this. I was like, "Carlos, I know all your Quiet Riot stuff and uh, that one thing you did with Sorrentino, cool." Badass, you know. We all know the, the quiet ride stuff from our genre, which is you know Van Halen, Def Leppard, Ozzy, you know, all of that. And he's in there. Um, but when he joined Rat, you know, back in like I think it was like two twelve or something. I remember Bobby sending me this this one song uh, MP3, and I was I was actually in Kitimat, BC. I was just the way because uh, I was 2012. I was on this hiatus because of how the first freak show crumbled. And I was just bummed. I'm like, how am I going to come back from this? You know, so I was just wallowing in the snow and kid him And I remember getting this mp3 of the brand new Rat album, you know, but Bobby sent me this track first. And I'm like. It was ripping. You know, it sounded like the like the original Rat, you know, and 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 he was like, "Dude, Carlos Cavazo's in the band," you know. And then you know the song happens, and then it's a dual lead, right? You know, because you know Rat's famous for that stuff. And I'm like, "Holy shit!" And I was thinking, <laughs> and I even said this to Carlos: I, I thought the, the Carlos solo was warring. Oh wow. And here's the guy who went on tour with Warren and knows all the Warren stuff because it was so badass. You know what I mean? And Carlos like came alive on this thing. and I was telling Carlos that. I go, dude, I don't know what happened to you, but you just turned in you you just started like, really, maybe it was maybe it was Carlos, maybe it was Kevin Debro, maybe it was Quiet riot, or maybe it was the the things and they it didn't call for those things, but playing in Freak show. He got the opportunity because after the conversation, I had no songs. So when I confirmed everything and and him doing it and everything is when I started writing. Right. So I wrote all these riffs and all this stuff thinking in my mind, Oh man, this is going to, you know, this is uncharted territory for all these dudes, some of this stuff. Right. But it's all in our bag of tricks because We've all been around, and let alone Greg Jason, and Carlos Cavazo, Stet Howland, you know, Stet was in wasp and Blackie Lawless, you know what I mean? Are you kidding me? So we got these dudes that are gonna play these riffs that I'm in my room writing on the Eddie Van Halen guitar, right? <laughs> Canadian guy moved to the bay area finally here i am two, you know 223 writing this record doing this thing and then carlos comes in and takes what we did that was a solid group of badassness and just took it from there and said well how about this wait wait on You know, now you're like, oh yeah, he's Canadian. (laughs) Okay, so that happens, and dude, he just starts to and and oh by the way, um, I don't know if you guys have heard the whole album, but there's a we have okay, you know, full on shred. We did. I wrote a song and I told Stead, I go, dude, we're gonna do a song that's just Carlos. So he could just show what he's got up his sleeve, and he can just go off, and we'll just compliment him with just you know a driving force of badass riffs and Stet was all about it, and so Carlos went through the album, and that was eighth on his thing, so he had already done all these things, and he was already you know in his mode, and then he got to that, and he did that where. He channels like, you know, classic Carlos Cavazzo with like Randy Rhodes and shit. You know what I mean? It's it's pretty gnarly. And, and then, you know, then the new single comes on right after that. And it's a trip because it's like, you know, you're here, you know, getting a speeding ticket. And then you go to this, you know, poppy tune where you look over at your wife and smile. <laughs> <laughs> even though that song's about Jeff Labar, you know?
1: Yeah. It's, it's so true though, about Carlos. Like I would never, you know, after listening to his quiet riot work and stuff like that, like I would never have believed that this was Carlos playing the guitar on this album.
2: I know. And, and, and it's what the craziest thing is, is that, you know, I come from, you know, I'm a, I'm a songwriter first, right. Before I'm a singer or guitar player or whatever. And I've always admired great songs along the way and and things. And, and, you know, he, you know, Carlos wrote, bang your head. You know what I mean? He wrote that. And, you know, I've listened to a lot of the things he's done and, and uh, you know, Def Leppard, you know, all those, those great singles and, and hits and albums they've done and, and those guitar players and what they've played. And then of course, you know, you go back to Eddie Van Halen, in and, and acdc and, and you start coming up with who you might be if you're going to play you know hard rock music right you know what's your what's your formula right it's not like we just think of one and you know it happens it's like everybody is their influences in some way you know and uh i think what happened with carlos you know is that you you're categorized for what you've just a few things that you've done and the opportunity came his way to hit a bunch of different things, right. With a bunch of different guys that have all played the scene and done their thing. And that, and the same thing happened with Greg, you know, Greg never did an album like this, you know, same with Stet, and, and even myself, you know, putting it all together. But all I did was just, Metallica, boom, right, boom, you know, little David Bowie, Def Leppard. And it's it's not that, you know, I said I was going to do it that way, but that's who it, who I am when, you know, I'm just writing a record and I'm thinking, you know, Carlos Gavazzo is going to do some of his greatest work in the world on this, you know, in my mind. And, and it came out exactly like that. So then, I'm glad we're it? talking about it, dudes. Oh, I mean, me about it. It's pretty rad when you think about it. All.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's no <laughs> doubt. What was it like then when you had to, when you found out that Greg wasn't going to be able to commit full time and that uh, you had to bring Rick Fox on?
2: Um, Well, it was a bunch of back and forth, you know, cause he was, he was like really thinking about it. Like he, you know, he, he, I think he, I don't think he knew at the time he made that decision, how it was going to be like this and how it was going to come out and all that. Cause it came down to, he hadn't even got the final mix yet. When I was asking him to come in and do videos, I'm like, let's, let's do a couple of videos for this thing. And, you know, see, Greg's got a good family. He had, he had a, had a, had this little side band he was doing with, uh, Atomic Kings, and they had a new CD that just came out like a couple months before even Freak Show did, or whatever. And uh, you know, he had a solid gig where you know doing music, sitting, working in music retail and stuff, and he was doing really well. So his reasoning was uh, totally understandable, you know. And and here we are in this brand new thing that hasn't even got off the ground. We haven't even done a show or anything, you know. So that's how that happened and he recommended Rick and you know Rick's a great guy and and when we do some gigs we'll probably have Rick unless you know Rick breaks his knee or something
1: (laughs) 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 you can't get out of Missouri (laughs)
0: yeah Rick Rick was telling us how he was listening to the album and learning the songs the first time on the way to shoot the video in the car
2: yeah. <laughs> hey, man. That's crazy. That's rock and roll. That, yeah, it is, and it's great. Okay, this one's indeed. Um, but yeah, you know, that's the way it is, man. Sometimes, and but you know, Rick is is the the kind of guy who like he goes, oh, I see what you're doing here. Oh yeah, this is a '60s thing here. Oh yeah, that's uh that's a '70s right. There. Oh yeah, oh, right here. And 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 you know. It just takes them a second and then you pick it up because, you know, if you're from, you know, the era of Kiss and stuff like that, you kind of, you know, you just pick up on what we're all doing, you know. And and I don't think he, um, I don't think there was anything that was a mystery to anything that I was coming up with. You know, he pretty much knew everything and called out exactly what I was doing, you know. Oh, I, I hear that little Klaus thing you're doing right there. Oh yeah. The Aussie thing you're doing right there. You know? Yeah, it's true. That's exactly what I was doing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then let's talk about lyrics. Um, you know, how do you write lyrics and, and like, where do you draw your inspirations and stuff
2: like that? Um, well, as far as, you know, the romantic parts of the songs that are, you know, about women and stuff, that's about my wife, you know, I'm married. Not like back in the day when, you know, you could just freely write ridiculous lyrics, but then come almost come back to haunt you. But uh yeah, no, I I I I do a lot of writing about my wife. Uh there's like five songs on the album that I I you know had her in mind and then I titled one after her. Um there's um well, let's go through it. Uh what else is there on there? Um it was a song called MSM, which I wrote about, you know, mainstream media and how, you know, we're. It's just kind of just saying, you know, I'm just saying, you know, it's it's bullshit. And you, know, we, how much lies can we even take as people and humans? And how how long have we been being lied to, anyways? <laughs> you know, well, I mean, you guys got to deal with that Trudeau guy, and <laughs> and, I, and and is like, I'm sure you guys look at each other every once in a while go, is this guy even real? how do you think we feel about Biden over here? It's like, are you kidding me? This is a freaking disaster, but let's not go there. But so, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> Next one. Yeah. That's a whole other <laughs> podcast. Once again,
1: <laughs> it's just like if we're, if we're, if we're dealing with those problems.
2: Yeah, I know the shit we used to complain about, huh?
1: Yeah, I know, right? And now it's just like, oh, wait, let's.
2: Oh, <laughs> I, I could go
1: back to that again.
2: <laughs> just Just I think it's more like we appreciate so much when we were kids and just growing up. You know, like I, I, I think about you know my childhood and Kidamat. You know, growing up, I it was probably the greatest moments of my life. You know, you know, it's why it's why I have lightsabers. You know, it's why I love Kiss. It's like the kids in the neighborhood, you know. You know what it was like being a Canadian. Everyone loved Kiss when they were kids.
0: do <laughs> never forget when Kiss was introduced to me for the first time. I, yeah. I know it was one of those moments that made me go, what now?
2: Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, man, that was
0: life changing stuff.
2: I wouldn't even be doing this if it wasn't for Paul Stanley, man.
1: Oh, yeah. like yeah. Those
2: those days, like walking
1: into Kmart. And, and seeing like the, the posters, how they had like the posters at the front. And, and it was just like, whoa, who the hell are these guys <laughs> dressed up yeah. in this? In all this that was was
2: wallpaper for your rooms. Yeah, yeah.
1: I know. You think about those those kind of days and you think about the the things
2: that there were. And it's just like, man, if I could just go back, I would be like buying all of this stuff. <laughs> now. Oh, I know. And you know what's funny is like, I remember my dad like coming in my room. Uh, after, you know, like, you know, after to, you have to go through that transition of, uh, I got my hockey shit up in the room and you're, you know, uh, some Oakland Raiders and stuff and some cheerleaders. And then that all comes down one day and my dad didn't, you know, help me do all that when I was a kid. And then, you know, you got to go to that one day where, uh, sorry, dad, but I'm putting up like a man-sized poster of kiss right here and ace freely and this is that and and, you know and he's looking at me like i'm crazy and then i got the ones with them on the motorbikes and then i got all the individual ones with ace smoking his guitar and like my walls are just covered you know everywhere right he wouldn't let me do the ceiling but i was like ready to do that because i was running out of space and you know and then you know eventually you throw in the van halen and stuff but you know my dad was like. These guys are ripoffs of the guess who. (laughs) Oh, that's that sounds like Sabbath, you know. Like like bitching at me because he can't believe that these guys look like that for one. And I'm I'm into it. You know. What are these guys from Japan? You know, I'm like, (laughs) no, they're they're, you know, they're from New York, I think. You know, I don't know. I'm a kid. Right.
1: When was it? When was it that you uh left Kitamat for San Francisco? Uh
2: well, I, I I was born there and I left there when I was like five. And then I would go back every summer because my grandparents lived there I and mean, all my friends and what, and and I would spend all my summers there until I was like 15. And then, you know, I was in the States doing all the you know. Finished school and doing all the music stuff, and then I moved back there, and lived there for a couple of years, and then I went back to the states again, do, uh, doing music again because music is always like calling me back to the states, and then I went back to Kidamat again, and then I went back to the states, and then a couple of years went by. I did some Miss crazy stuff. Um, I did a couple records. And then I did this, I did a, a reunion thing with Jeff Labar in two sixteen, And we did a record called welcome to the freak show. It was just like a keepsake where we re-recorded some of the songs from the first record and we did a tour. And then after that, I went back to Kitimat and I bought a house there. And I know I just, I rent that out and I'm not there. And I'm, you know, I live in Nevada now, but, um, <clears throat> yeah. You know, so I had a bunch of stints going back. So I I, I kind of just, but all this crap with, you know, COVID and Trudeau and stuff, I'm just kind of happy. I'm just renting it and I'm not there right now, mm-hmm. None, you know, mm-hmm. but I love it though. The air, the smell of Kitimat and the berries in the summer and the beautiful trees that nobody has ever in the world. Like, you know, we have Lake Tahoe right here, you know, beautiful place. It's nice. Got a nice lake, but it's not Canada. It's not, you know, we have moss and shit and, and 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 trees that are like Christmas trees everywhere, you know, and I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, I, part, uh, of my, I, part of who I am. So
0: I was going to, uh, I was looking for Welcome to the Freak Show and like some of the earlier Freak Show discography. And it's like, hey, you can't find it. You know, you can find Yeah, it, You have good distribution hard, on this. Canada. Yeah, you have a good distribution on the latest album. But like you know, the old stuff, like I, I was like I wanted to dig in and, and and listen to all that too. But uh you know, it's just it's not out there. Is, yeah you gonna you know, maybe get it out there somehow?
2: Um the the actually the label I'm on has a few remaining copies of uh welcome to the freak show and they did reissue the first freak show with frankie benelli and jeff so you can get that through Ionian records yeah your okay.
1: uh your page on Ionian records is uh that that's a lot of work my man. <laughs> yeah
2: man I've been busy <laughs> is there got a lot got a lot to do you know yeah yeah
1: is is that one of the is it difficult doing new albums all the time like and keeping busy like that or is that just the way that you're wired
2: well it yes yes and no it's like um i am wired that way that's not a um secret just if you listen to anything i've ever written or done um I think that after a while and so many albums that you do, when I got to this one, the reason it took so long is because I was like, oh, my God, I've done that. I've done this. I've done... I have go, you know what? And then I, I, I started talking. I started talking to Stet. I go, dude, every time I try to do something, I go, I already did that. And I ripped that. And he goes, who cares? He was not with me not with Carlos, not with Greg, goes, do do whatever, picking, do whatever, drums, beats, styles, whatever, just do it. So I just said, you know what, you're right. And, you know, I discussed it with the label too. I was talking to Ryan, the CEO, and, and I was, you know, he's known me for a long time. You know, he knows all the back stuff I've done, all the Trixie and, you know, he's got my whole catalog. And, you know, I was just like, I'm just gonna just rip off shit that I like that I've done. Certain riffs, I'm gonna just you know the same kind of style. This maybe this beat or this and that. And who cares? I'll rewrite you know a bunch of new vocals and nobody'll even know probably. You know, so unless you're just like, hey, did you kind of rip off that one song? If one some guy that knows something, right? But it's basically I did that and I didn't feel the pressure. Uh, but other than it took me months and months to figure out what those riffs were going to be until, you know, I just got in my mode. I, I you know, I went to my little place and I do things. I have my amp there and pulled out the Van Halen thing. And I just went from riff after riff and I was coming, I got like almost like five in one day, you know, solid riffs that I was listening to before I had to lay them down and going, okay. And I was deleting stuff, you know, cause I was recording them with my phone. Right. You know, you press that thing and it just records like you're going to do a conversation. You just set it there. And I had, you know, about 18. And then I just started wiping stuff off of it and going, that sucks. No, can't do that one. You know, and then these are the ones and that's the way it went. And I just that's exactly what I did. I just went through all of my formula and I just put it all on one record. Do you in ever cons- oh, go ahead? Yeah. Do you ever concern get
1: concerned when you delete stuff? Do you do you think about that as like, oh, what if I deleted something that maybe I
2: can use later? Hell no. <laughs> I've done this a long time, man. If I got something that's worth it, I won't even think about deleting it. You know, because I know how hard it is. To, like it's it's a mode you're in. Like, you know, you could be just driving down the th- like sometimes I accidentally hear a song on, on a radio somewhere and I think it's doing something and it's not even that. Right. But sometimes that inspires me for a riff or something like that. And I, I'll come up with some idea and then I'll just start playing that riff in my head without even having a guitar already knowing what it is. Right. Kind of Paul Stanley's really good at that. Um, where, you know, you just kind of, you can start writing stuff and then I get to the guitar and I go, Oh, this riff's killer. And then that's how I do it. It's all about the groove and the beat, right? To inspire you to come up with a good vocal. I mean, everyone has their their way, you know, of doing things. Like lots of people write songs on piano where I can't do that at all. You know what I mean? I can play a little piano. And if I had to do something, like someone said, could you please write me something on piano? That would be so nice. I probably could if I was under pressure, but I don't ever, you know. I got a guitar, I got riffs in my head, you know, I've heard it all. So I know, I know that if I just dumb it, I'll just figure it out, you know, pretty cool. So
0: what, what is the plan for, uh, I guess getting together and rehearsing and and going playing some shows?
2: Um, yeah, just that, uh, we got to get together and rehearse and, um, We, I think, you know, Stet just got out of doing, you know, a metal church tour and album and everything. And then, you know, we got our thing and it's, it's start, it's starting to take off, you know, like here I am doing interview with you guys. We'll, we'll do some interviews. We'll get, you know, get us known to all the rockers and stuff and, and let the word spread a little more and get it out there a little bit, get it, you know, the new singles out. And then, uh, yeah, I think we'll, we'll get together and, and decide and, and probably do like four or five, you know, good warm up shows in some places. And then I'll look at each other and say, hey, you want to, you know, want to keep doing this or, you know, because we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to play it, you know, doing a record and recording it, and doing all that stuff to actually physically do it is going to be, you know, we have to, that's going to be something we have to get together and do so. But I'm excited to do it, you know, and Stet's excited and he'll be doing all of our, you know, our business stuff. So it'll be great. Yeah, that's what Rick said yesterday, that uh, that Stet would be doing all the bookings and that kind of thing. Yeah, he's really good at that kind of stuff. That's, you know, and I'm glad because he's got a great business sense and, you know, he knows this, the 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 business and he knows, you know, as you go along, you know, you you find that the ones you don't want to do business with and the ones you do and who's the creeps and who's not the creeps, you know, because we all got to experience it, you know. So and and where we're all at and in our careers with our families and stuff, we just want to make the right decisions. And Stet's going to look out for us for that. So then when you get together, like, is
1: it going to be rehearsed right away or is it just going to be storytelling for a while?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a combination of both. You know, I mean, I don't know, since the last time we saw each other. So, but I, I'll tell you right now, it's, it's a good vibe, you know. It's, it's like i actually like you know like these guys <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is that is awfully handy i mean i i, I hear yeah. it bands work better when you like each other
2: <laughs> yeah and and you know what's cool too is that think about how like the careers of, uh, you know i'm not on the same level as these dudes right but even though i've had a pretty good underground career i'm proud of the things i've done and you know, I'm proud to be a Canadian that came to the U.S. and and made you know use of all the things and influences and people that have shown me things, and I've learned so much being here. And you know, I have a really good catalog. And then coming up to this thing, it's like when I listen to it, and I just think about all the stuff that these guys have done, and as a you know as a whole, and then we. As a group in our age, in their age, we did this. And this is the last thing we've all done, right? And it's pretty badass. You know, and it's a great representation of what hard rock really is, and true metal and and, and pop, and but it all based around, you know, the sixties and seventies and eighties, all in a freaking nutshell, you know. And then well, no. who, you know, and to get these guys to do it with me.
1: (laughs) Oh, for sure. And and that's what I like about it, you know, is that there's so many songs on there that, I mean, I love the harmonies. I love, you know, like, especially like, I was surprised when I heard you shine for the first time and it was just kind of like, Whoa, I wasn't expecting that. That's got
2: some sweet harmonies on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Are you kidding me? That's straight out of the seventies, the sixties. But with like, you know, almost like a scorpions freaking Rudy Shanker starting the tune riff, you know what I mean? And then Carlos coming in and doing his thing. And it's just like, it just all, it brings that energy of like, if you're at a show and there's like 10,000 people, There's that spotlight, you know, guitar player playing the riff and then the whole band comes in and the light show starts freaking firebomb or whatever. And then bam, you know, and then comes down to the groove. And yeah, that's a great that's an obvious single, you know, that's um, that's why we did the first video for that one. Yeah, you know, again, I I throw those kind of harmonies throughout the record, not thinking that we were going to have to do that live. So. (laughs) But thank God, everyone in this band <laughs> can sing, so that's that's kind of cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are the kind of things. Now, when you go out and play live, um, you know how long a set are you anticipating, and then and then like what kind of songs are you going to throw in? Cover songs, because I mean, obviously, you've got a lot of uh, you've got a lot of musical history behind everybody.
2: Yeah, that I that's I think we have to talk about it. I, I've already talked about a little "Quiet Riot" medley between Stett and I, that we could sing. Um, cause Stett can sing really good too, just so you know. Um, and there's a lot of vocals going on in freak show. So it's just about what we can pull off, but I'm i I'm open for things, you know, if there's just a great cover, but at the same time, if we're opening for a, for a larger act, which we're, that's what we're, that's what our goal is, right. To get a good support slot, you know, for someone like extreme or, You know, hopefully, you know, we could land something awesome like that or, you know, the Scorpions or Def Leopardy. And you never know. Right. Because these guys, we have good connections and it's all about relationships these days. We probably only have like a 30 minute set, so we probably have to cut a song. So we probably just play our songs. Right. But if we're going to do like, you know, uh, you know, some warm up shows, uh, we might add, you know, a couple tunes, you know, maybe. But when you think about the album, the album's like 32 something minutes. And then you gotta talk in between the songs. You gotta, you know, probably give Stet a drum solo. And you have, you know, talk, you know, the, the drink, drink some water, little break, you know, hopefully we don't break any string, you know, stuff like that. Guitar changes. Before you know that, you know, it's like an hour or so. So, you know. And then it's always uh, we probably want to do that as we probably want to you know mingle and really get to know some fans too since we're in our early stages you know. Oh, well, absolutely. How when it comes to your voice, like when
1: did you discover your voice, and then and then how do you you know keep care of your voice then?
2: Um. Well, I I think I discovered like actually really discovered it was like I think I was in the fourth grade been i was just hanging out with my friends and i think uh you know we were getting into the kiss albums and i just started singing along to the kiss records right and i would start figuring out that paul stanley was singing this song and gene simmons was singing this song and peter chris would sing this song because at first you, you you know you when you're a kid you, you don't even absorb who all the vocalists are right it was kiss that that helped me start wanting to sing so i'd start walking you know i was like one of those kids that like would would go down the street and and you'd be up and you like you're just sitting in your garage and then there's some kid just singing all loud down the street <laughs> you know like, look at that guy right and there's no music or anything so it's just a vocal right that was me all the time. <laughs> you know, and then I started experimenting, you know, with Def Leopard, like especially when the High and Dry album came out. I was like totally, I loved those guys, right? And I loved Joe Elliott. And then, you know, I was still into Paul Stanley and I loved Gene and Ace and all these dudes and Ozzy. And it just, you know, I just started, you know, I, I just realized that, you know, wow, I, I could sing like these guys, right? And then Metallica comes out. And then since Metallica was from the, you know, from the Bay area, I knew their photographer and I would hop in the car with them when he would go to these gigs and they would always be there. And I'd get to know them at an early age when I was young. And I started I got to hang out with them. And, you know, there were times where they would be in San Jose and we'd be at like a, an accept show or like Yngwie was playing. And then, they didn't want to drive all the way back to Berkeley. So they'd be like, hey, what's there to do around here? And we'd just all hop in their Brody's car and drive to Santa Clara and party. It was pretty cool times when I was a kid. I was pretty spoiled, I have to say. That's pretty damn cool. But yeah, it's stuff like that that kept me wanting to be a rocker. Wanted I wanted to be like those guys. You know what I mean? I wanted to be like these dudes that that I'm playing with, you know? like i always make this joke i go you know i had posters of carlos greg uh greg and you know Stet, and especially in wasp and stuff but the only difference is these guys never had posters of me right (laughs) (laughs) but it's together you know we well we're gonna have a poster so you know and, you know, we, we got stuff like this. Hold on. And, you know, out of all my years, it's like, I never thought I'd have an album. Wow. Yeah. You know? Yep. And here I am. Yeah. I got like a freaking album with the shrink wrap and a thing <laughs> with a sleeve in there. And, you know, and then here I am, you know, on the back there right next to Carlos and Stet and Greg, you know, so yeah, man, this is, this is great, you know, and, but it's like, uh, you go through years and years of stuff that you do and genres change and 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 you know it goes from Green Day to or from Alice in Chains to that to this to that, to all you know, and you you go, where's my place here? You know. And uh I found a nucleus of guys and we did this record and it it just uh it's just kind of everything you worked for to make, you know, and do. Who did so, that album cover? So it's uh, very yeah. Cool. Dude, it's badass. Huh? That's my friend James yeah. Morris. He's from Louisiana. He's badass. And uh, you know, he he's been a, a fan of mine since the MySpace days. And uh he's a good guy. And uh, he, all his family and his kids, uh the whole Morris family, they all got like Miss Crazy shirts and <laughs> like they got like all my albums and stuff, you know. I love those guys. And then one, uh, he'd been, he'd been sending me stuff for Miss crazy for years. Like, Hey, what do you think of this and that, and this and that. And I throw him up on Facebook, you know, Hey, buy this new record. And it would show like Santa Claus holding a freaking Miss crazy album or something. Right. And then <laughs> he just, he said, Hey, you know, what are you going to be doing for this new album cover? And, you know, I didn't expect him honestly to come up with something so fantastic because I was telling him what I was thinking in my mind and this and that, and he was throwing these ideas. And then he came up with, you know, one of the four horsemen. Right. And, and going into my lyrics, you know, the, so shall it be song uh, it was like a perfect title with the, you know, the death, the horse coming on the white horse And you know that you see the people on the thing and it kind of looks like it's perishing around them, but it's like, you know, I, um, you know, I have a strong faith, you know what I mean? And, you know, not a lot of people don't like to talk about it and this and that, but you know, that was the, so shall it be song. I mean, the lyrics, there are pretty clear and you know, my, my whole thing is you either accept it or you reject it. You know, I'm not shoving it down your throat, but the band really liked it. It's one of Stet's favorite tunes. And, uh, it's the concept of the album, you know, and, and I think it was perfect. And, and it was just, it was finally his time, you know, it was like, we've known each other for almost 20 years. And then finally he gets to, uh, do the latest and, you know, one of the greatest albums I've done. So hats off to you, James Morris.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's great. Well, (laughs) You know, it it has been such a fantastic uh, talk with you, Ronnie, and and I know that, uh, you know, we're going to book another one so that you can tell the story so that you can set the record straight about Frankie and stuff like that, because I know we want to hear it. But this one, we wanted to be all about Freak Show. So please, for right now, tell everybody where they can find Freak Show, how they can keep up with you and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, Uh, well, we have a group on Facebook. That's a freak show group. You just punch it up and you'll see it. It's just a big band photo. We got that. We're, you know, we have our social media stuff. Carlos, not so much, but he's on Instagram. Um, but you can get our CD and vinyl uh, special kind. You can get, uh, I think a, a limited edi- edition. Uh, if there's any left, a freak show t-shirt also uh, at Ionian uh, com, And that's, e-o-n-i-a-n records.com and there's a bunch of rockers uh you know albums on there but it's got my whole catalog on there miss crazy Trixie, you can get all that stuff and it has the old freak show and the brand new freak show so shall it be Awesome. Well, I urge
1: everybody to go out and listen to So Shall It Be because because I think it's great. And and I really I did truly enjoy listening to it. And uh, and there's a lot of songs on there that I think, especially
2: with uh, multiple listens, you get uh, you get a lot more layers of it. Yeah, man. And, you know, it's got everything of every influence on there, except for maybe Trooper.
1: <laughs> no, raise a little
2: hell for for this one, right? <laughs> Not on this one, but maybe the next one.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, Roddy, yeah. it has been wonderful talking to you. Like I say, and uh, and we will absolutely do this again. But for right now, uh we wish you nothing but the best. And
2: I can't wait to come see you guys live. Hey, man, I can't wait to go to Canada. I'm, I bet I'm going to cry. You know, be, I'll get all <laughs> sentimental, and then. And then I'll start breaking out my stories about Casey and Finnegan.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> A reference like five of us are getting, but when we get it, we get it. That's
2: right. Yeah, I know. You're true Canadian when you know that stuff, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Either that or look, look up, look way up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, you guys. Have a good day. Awesome.
1: Thanks, you too. Thank you. All right. Take care. Soon. Bye now. Bye.